before getting into this episode, just want to say that there were some audio issues on our host Zach's end, and I don't want to scrap the episode because it's really good content, but just want to let you guys know that there is some echoing going on, but it's worth getting through it for the interview. So I hope you all enjoy, and let us know your thoughts in the comments. All right, guys, welcome back to another Slab Stocks FC, hosted by me, Zach. You can find me at Premier Soccer Investing. This week, I have on Baxter from Agpool on Instagram, and he's going to do a really cool breakdown of wax price and the values and whether the rip and stuff that. Um, yeah, back. How, so, how'd you get into sports cards in general and then, and then poker cards? Like, give, give us a little sure. of your background. Sure. So, uh, my dad has been collecting since he was a kid. So, growing up, I was going to shows in North Texas since, I mean, as long as I can remember, really. And back in the 90s, I'm 30. I just turned 32 years old. So back in the 90s, surprisingly, like North Texas was kind of a hub for the hobby. Obviously, with the Cowboys, there's a big market of collectors in general. And kind of again now with the, the Dallas shows. <laughs> the what? It's it's kind of up again with how big the Dallas show totally, is. Totally. Totally. Yeah, it's it's so great to see because like being from Dallas originally, I know what it once was there. And I mean Arlington, where Cowboy Stadium is, where the Rangers Stadium is, like they used to have TriStar shows out there when I was growing up in the 90s that rivaled the National. I mean, these were shows that were absolutely massive. They had, you know, top name signing autographs and, uh, you know, they had all sorts of like booths where you could, uh, obviously they had cards, memorabilia, all of that stuff, but they also had like games on site, like, you know, throw a football through a net. And like, it was just like, it was obviously for a kid really damn fun, but it all kind of faded in the, I would say probably early thousands, the hobby just kind of seemed to shift to Chicago and to like the national became like the show of course. And that rotates between Cleveland, Atlantic City, and Chicago, and North Texas just fell off. We still had the TriStar shows in Houston, which are really big, but Dallas and North Texas altogether, all we had for the last like decade, it felt like, were these crappy little, you, every, you everyone knows it, if you go to a bunch of shows, they're the like, we had the, uh, you know, like the three-star motel backroom 20 table shows. And that's kind of all we had for a decade. And then this guy, Kyle, uh, I, I forget what, Dallas Card Show. That's his brand. He's kind of brought it back. And like, uh, as you know, for like the last year, these Dallas shows have just been incredible some of the yeah, best yeah. so you've you got like you've kind of got, got back introduced it through, through those what about like you getting in soccer cards cards how'd that come about yeah so last fall was kind of that run on 2014 prism i mean the prices just went absolutely nuts and at the time 
Uh, I was mostly just basketball and football. That was pretty much my whole collection. I, I dabbled in prospecting with baseball, but the way I saw it in 2020 was just baseball prospecting. There's so much risk and there was so much just certain easy money to be made playing like the off season preseason game where you buy off season, you sell before the season starts with basketball and football that that's really all I was doing uh, for the last like five or six years. And then fall of 2020, I started seeing soccer prices just going crazy. And I just kept like exploring the idea and talking out loud with friends who have been in the hobby forever, just about what could potentially happen in that space. And of course, like it, it was just a flash in the pan as it happened in the fall. Everything, you know, those Prism 2014 PSA 10, yep. just the bases were at 4K over, like literally overnight. And then they, by December came back down to like 500, 600 bucks. So uh, I was kind of left wondering what happened. Uh, it, because I, I bought quite a bit. Uh, fortunately, I got in before the the huge rise in prices because I kind of thought there was a lot of opportunity there. But once they came back down, I, I didn't change my mind. You know, I still saw it as uh, I, I'm sure a lot of people have seen the charts. Uh, I forget who posted it. It might have been PWCC or someone big, but po they posted that growth chart. Yeah, eBay, I, the 1500, yeah, the 1500% growth. Yeah. And yeah. that's still nothing compared to what it's going to be. A exactly. Exactly. And like what I wanted to, uh, something I noticed on there was just how much room there is in Europe and Asia. Those markets just have Europe, uh, per, like particularly more so, I think, just hasn't even been touched by the bug yet. And I think there is just a ton of opportunity. For Europe to grow and hey, Europe, I mean, they're starting. They're going to be getting more allocation of products. Exactly. Month, so. Exactly. I was really hoping that this EPL release, the Prism release, would go retail. I was talking with Niam Niam about that, and uh, he, he he thought for a bit that they might get a retail release, and they didn't. But I think that Panini sees the opportunity there. I think a lot of the producers do. And, you know, that, like you said, they're going to be getting bigger allocation. They're going to market more. I'm confident that Ken Golden, who's also kind of touched on this, sees the opportunity for international growth and that his new, his platform that they're building is going to really try to focus on growing the hobby internationally. Yeah, well, so we're so we're talking about talking about passion of product. I think it's a good sit set into. I mean, you yeah. you did a great breakdown of wax on your story, but thanks, dude. I want I want to get this. I I saw it. I have to get you on the podcast because this this is thing that everyone can appreciate. So, how about we uh, uh start and dive dive right into? Yeah, it. get down for me. And for Absolutely. So basically. I've kind of owned, uh, I broke down, it's four boxes, and these are all boxes that at some point or another I've owned. And to me, they're all important products. 
we're taking a look at 2003 Topps Chrome basketball. We're looking at 2000 Bowman Chrome football, 2012 Prism basketball, and now 2006 World Cup, uh, Panini World Cup, not the stickers, the cards. Which and, have been going nuts recently. I mean, that, I'm, yes. Yeah. I mean, the values have got, you've seen it, I'm sure. It's, uh, the singles alone, I mean, what what are – do you have some of the numbers off the yeah, top? Yeah, we so just put out a post today with a Slap Sox, Sox FC on it. The Messi PSA 10 is now at 15K. Okay, the Auto's at 11K. And we're at 5K for the Messi at the end, at the end of December, 4K for the Ronaldo at the end of December. So, yeah. We're 70% growth for both of those cards. So It's, it's unbelievable. And yeah. they're important cards, you know. If you look at – I like to draw an analogy to if you look at Mbappe, uh, the card that pe- a lot of people like is the Prism. And it's not like it's his rookie. It's his World Cup debut card. And I think that you can draw a parallel there between his – obviously his sticker is his true rookie, the 2016 sticker. And the Panini Prism card is kind of that World Cup debut. So in my mind – Whereas, like that, you know, Messi, Mega Cracks, Ronaldo, Mega Cracks, those are the rookies. These are that World Cup debut, so yeah. I equally as important. But uh, we'll we'll get into this, I guess. Yeah, let's, so, let's see. Let's see the. Okay. Let's see what's going on with the wax. Okay, so melting down wax. There's my clever title for this. <laughs> okay, so. I like. I really do think that, as Wax is concerned, this is one of the best purchases that you can make. 2006 World Cup right now. Uh, the two factors that I'm looking at here are the EV, the expected value, and the market value. The expected value is if I bought this box and I ripped it today, get it in the mail, rip it. Pull out the best cards, grade the best cards. What the sum of that is the expected value. It's basically what am I going to get in return if I rip this box? The market value, of course, is what the box is going to sell for. The way that I was able to, uh, you know, getting to that number, the EV was not easy. I had to watch a lot of breaks online. I had to comb through a lot of forums online. I basically had to get an adequate sample size to show what can you expect if you're ripping a box, but also what can you expect submitting the best cards for grading, which, you know, you're you're kind of looking at PSA pop reports. You're looking at anecdotally people, if people say that, uh out of the product are there like a lot of flaws well, yeah you- for for the 2000 uh, sorry to interrupt badge, no please please uh the 2006 world cups of stuff like the men they're tough grades they're tough they're it's tough. 13 percent gym rate for for both of those cards for both Messi exactly and so it's really exactly and even even if it's parish yeah yeah that's right uh okay so let's see yeah pretty much said that so basically, here's uh, the first chart that we're looking at. So we've got the market value of each of these products sealed, and then the expected value ripped, and then the EV as a percent of the market value. 
So, you, the, you know, these are recent prices. Today's March 5th. I did this about a week ago. And of course, in this market, as much variance as there is, these <laughs> might be exactly right today. But uh, a week ago, they were right. And more or less, the same ideas apply. So looking here, you can see that for Topps Chrome Basketball, obviously the LeBron rookie, the expected value, if you rip it, is about 30% of what the box itself would sell for. Same, Almost the exact same number for the Brady, which is pretty interesting, that the market just magically finds these places. And like there, there is some, I, even though people aren't doing these calculations, like in the back of people's minds, I feel like this exists somewhere. Yeah. Uh, Prism Basketball actually a pretty good return if you rip them. Um, I asked Nat Turner before I did this, I sent him a message and I said, uh, what do you think the expected value of 2012 prison basketball is? Cause we, he's ripped cases and cases and cases of that product. He said seven grand. I mean, he, he almost nailed it exactly. He's never run a calculation in his, uh, on this stuff in his life. And he's just opened so much of this product that he almost nailed the number exactly, which is pretty funny. So you see those three, and then you see the outlier here with 2006 Panini World Cup, where the expected value ripped is actually greater than the market value, which is you know just what it feels like to me. Yeah, it feels like we're kind of looking at, at like a stock. Yes. 2006 Panini World Cup, like you could execute it almost like what happened with GameStop. It was a short piece. It was like, <laughs> yes, it's yes, totally. It was totally. for 100% of share shorted for GameStop. And that's why you saw that, that huge. This is yep. like a similar, similar thing. If the expected value is great, it uh, greater than the market value. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's just set to just rocket at any moment, you know? Okay. Uh, so the third column, like I said, it's what you will recoup if you bought the box, ripped it, grade it, and then sell it. Uh, and yeah, these are the average outcomes, again, based on me watching dozens of breaks, coming through forums, whatnot, blah, blah, blah. So obviously not many people are Nat Turner. Not many people are buying these boxes, 2012 Prism or what, it, 2003 Chrome, 2000 Bowman Chrome and ripping them. That, that You know, we don't have money like that. Yeah. So the question is, why, why am I running this exercise? Why am I even looking at expected value? And it's because expected value influences the market value. The, the obviously the more expensive the cards are inside of the box, the more expensive the box is going to be. In other words, as the singles in a product increase in value, so too do the boxes. So the LeBron, let's look at this. Right. Here's the LeBron 2003 Topps Chrome, just the base rookie PSA 10. It's an insane chart. Uh, you can see that in January 2019, it was about a thousand bucks and it stayed there. <laughs> I think we remember, I mean, it's just unbelievable. I remember my friend Adam Rowe, uh, Breakers Row, had like a stack of like 20 
of those when they were a thousand each and he sold long before they even went on that run and i just remember at the time like no no one could have seen this coming it's it, yeah. it's insane but anyway so you, so you see this chart and then it's it's amazing look at the hobby box back it and forth there's it exactly uh, exactly i mean it, it really follows i didn't expect when i ran these numbers for it to follow it so tightly but i mean it really it they keep up and, and there's a slight delay you'll see like if you're just watching ebay uh you see the lebron let's say in this case that lebron shoots up and it did shoot up that i remember it went from two to four like overnight and then four to eight overnight and the wax doesn't catch up quite. A, there's a, a week or two delay, which you won't see on here because this is, you know, uh, two years yeah. condensed. But th there is a bit of a delay. And that's where I think we're at with 2006. But we'll get there. So um, looking again at, at the Bowman Chrome with the Brady. Here's the PSA 10 chart for the Brady last two years. And then. Wow. Again, this is yeah once again and uh yeah so remember these were expected value is about 30 percent right now but i i mean right now i guess we're just looking at the singles so that doesn't matter L looking at the uh world cup now it's kind of all over the place for what those psa 10s have been at but we can also factor that they frankly have it. The volume here is not nearly what it is with the Brady and the yeah, LeBron. Yeah, there's only like 40 each, those PSAs. Exactly, exactly. So we don't have a lot to work with as far as data here. Um, and, and we haven't factored for those last two sales around 15,000 each. But anyway, looking at the wax... And it's not so much the shape of the chart here, it's the value. So if we're looking at the singles at 15,000 each and the boxes are 4,000 each, you know, there, there, there's a big gap there. And it, it is usually the case that the market value of the box will exceed the expected value because opening wax, it, it's not a break-even proposition. It never should be. It never is. I mean, People open boxes and expect to lose money, and you it's playing the lottery. You hope to hit something huge, and that's kind of what you're banking on just to make your money back. So yeah. in, in the case that the expected value is equal to or greater than the market value, that's an indication of an undervalued product, obviously. Uh, something else I looked at is the safety of the product. So... When you're looking at the expected value of the box, wh what kind of product is, is it? Obviously with like Topps Chrome Basketball, that year you have the refractors, the black refractors, the gold refractors. You have these cards that are potentially hundreds of thousands. And you know, in the case of the LeBron gold, probably close to a million dollars now. Yeah. So, you have to ask, do I need to pull a decent refractor to break even? Or can I just get one of the key base cards and break even? And if you look here, I kind of broke down what percent of that EV. So 
that, that those values for expected value. What percent of that comes from base cards? What percent of it comes from key base cards? So in 2003 Tops Chrome, we're talking about the three big rookies, LeBron, Melo, Wade, yeah. and Kobe. In Dazic, it's Messi, Ronaldo, obviously. obviously but yes. Have- yes, those are the key that- base cards in that set. And the, the beauty of that set and why this is such an incredible opportunity is there aren't look at this this last column is really what i'm highlighting here is what percent of the ev comes from refractors or silver prisms or gold prisms 2006 world cup is only base cards that makes it yeah yeah you you don't need to have the low pack of gods that have hidden guys that's that's exactly right you you're going to hit a Messi or Ronaldo in pretty much every box. And in a lot of boxes, you're going to hit both. Or two so, of them. Yeah. 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 So, and there's other guys like R9. Oh, yeah. Up. I think there's, there's a Zlatan card. cards. a yep. lot of value. A lot of guys yep. are guys that too. So you don't even just need to rely on Messi and Ronaldo. They're good, good players to hit out of that too. too. Exactly. And that's kind of what those first two columns are showing. Like, the key base cards are obviously Ronaldo, Cristiano, and Messi. But you also have all those guys that you just said. So 42% of the expected value of that box is all those other guys. 58% of the expected value comes from Ronaldo and Messi. So it's a it's a very spread out. So even in that end of all the videos that I watched, of everything I combed through... I came out to about a 95% chance that you're going to hit Ronaldo or Messi in one, in one of the boxes, even in the extreme case. That you the what? That seems pretty good. Like, out of- oh, it's, it's great. It's great. But even in the extreme chance that you don't, you've still got 42% of that expected value coming from those other legends. Like, Ronaldo, Brazil, Ronaldinho, you know, the French guys, Beckham. There's tons of other legends yeah, in that. Tons product. of great players in that, that set. Exactly. And like you look at the Bowman Chrome football, if you don't hit a Brady in that box, you are screwed. You've basically, you can see the percent EV from the yeah. key base card, which is just Brady. Uh, the only other guy is Erlocker. He's like 30 bucks for his rookie. So basically, if you don't hit a Brady in that product, you're you're done. And uh, Prism Basketball, it's kind of that. There, that was a great draft class. So it, it's actually a pretty safe product too. Yeah. So here's here's kind of recapping that. No parallels. Only bases. Ninety five percent contain Messi or Ronaldo. Twenty percent contain both you're very, very likely to cover your cost of the box by ripping and grading. And again, I'm not telling you that you should. I'm just saying that the fact that the expected value is that great means that these boxes are massively undervalued right now. The market value should exceed the expected value by whatever multitude. Okay, so with that information in my mind, are you doing like if you you have three thousand thousand or however much the box is right now thirty five hundred dollars yeah. if you buy the, the box are you gonna rip it or are you are you gonna hold it keep it sealed what are you doing 
See, that's that's the predicament, right? Like I'm sitting on a, a, a few of these boxes and I can't make up my mind just because the singles are moving so fast. Like we've said, I mean, the just at the time that I bought these boxes two weeks ago, the highest sale for a PSA 10 at the time, I think was like nine or 10 K and today it's 15. Yep. And it's, uh, it, but the boxes, the wax hasn't moved as much yet. So that makes me lean towards ripping and grading. But at the same time, I know that in two weeks, the wax is going to catch up. The market. Yeah, you're, you're guaranteed to make, make money holding the wax right now. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, the, the market is not going to tolerate having wax out there where you can rip and break even or even rip and get a $15,000 card. Like that just, that, that, that doesn't make sense. So I, I think the wax in the next, my, my mind, as far as like just predictions go, I'm thinking mid-March, we are consistently at four grand a box. I'm thinking, so April 1st to me is a really important date for the soccer hobby because baseball starts April 1st. And once a sport starts, everyone looks for the next thing. It's like our attention span is zero. Uh, but baseball just, I don't know if, like, we've, we've seen baseball get some juice recently, but I don't know, know if they have the momentum to, I, I, I don't think they're really a concern, sir, for the soccer market. I really don't. No, no. I, I mean it as a good thing. I mean it as a great thing. Because what we saw with basketball is once basketball started, baseball started to pick up. Mm. It's, it's like, it, it's, uh, you know, once baseball starts, everyone is looking for the next thing. Because it's no longer, the hype disappears once it starts. Yeah, so, that's a good point. That's the a next good thing point. is soccer. I mean, we're going to be in the middle of the Champions League tournament where we've got Euro coming up. I mean, uh, I just think once baseball starts, Americans who we need to really bring these values up even more are going to say what's next, and they're going to look to soccer. I'm very confident of that. Yeah, that's a, that's a good – and I think I just want to highlight one other thing about this is so – this information, it's not like this, like catch secret. If you like you do the research, research, and you find you watch the, the breaks of boxes, you see what see what prices are going for. This is something you can you can do on lower end boxes and, and find where the value plays are, both for ripping oh, and yeah. for especially like you can find a probably a five hundred dollar box right now that should be a twelve hundred dollar box. Just the same sure. kind of. Time. You got to do the work. Like, like this is, I think, a really important episode. Like, like showing how to kind of, kind of find those market inefficiencies. And the thing is, you don't even have to go in and do the math. You can kind of just do eyeball tests with this. I mean, if you're looking, if you're watching breaks and you see the key base card being pulled in every box. You can kind of figure, go look at the pop reports, figure what your chances are of getting a good grade, and just kind of do the math in your head. You don't have to do what I did and spend 12 hours inside of Excel to do this. Like, just kind of look for these opportunities. This to me is 
one of the best ones. So you don't even have to do that. Just go buy a 2006 World Cup. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's out there. The opportunities are out there. And I think it's, I think with soccer, just because it is such a new emerging market within the hobby, you're going to find a lot more opportunities than you would with the other sports. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, so that's probably we should uh wrap up. I think here. Um, just everybody like what where where can you again? What what are you doing going going forward? Just like a quick you know one sure. minute. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I'm going to this Dallas show coming up March fifteenth. Uh, really looking forward to that because last show soccer was picking up and I think this show is just going to be, people are going to be looking for it. So that I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, I'm on Instagram at, at good pull G zero zero D P U L L. Uh, if you've got any questions about this, or if you just want to talk about soccer, I'm happy to do that. Uh, been like I said, been in the hobby for a long time, so I'm always happy to talk about this stuff. But uh, yeah, I think that pretty much sums it up. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. I, this will be yeah, a, Zach. Thank you. I think it'll be a really good, really good episode, and people can find a lot, a lot of value, a lot of a lot of nuggets of this. So I hope so. All right, man. I appreciate it.